Blog Talk Radio. Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. Glad to be back in the Carolina Sports Plus studio. It's hump day. Seems like as we were inching closer and closer to showtime, it seems like the <laughs> headlines just kept falling. Um, we got definitely got uh, things to jump into tonight. We got a new NFL head coach. Uh, we got a new NBA head coach. Um, we got the NFL wanting to change rules, or possibly. <laughs> a lot of things to jump into. Uh, got some uh, got some exciting news. Well, Mario's got some exciting news and things he's got coming up. And uh, we're working out the, the details of uh, some. I was hoping to have it all finalized before tonight's show. Uh, but working on some details once we get everything finalized. We're going to get that out there as well. Looking forward to 2024. But without any further delay, let's get uh, my co-host, my right, um, my North Carolinian friend, Mario. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be back in the Carolina Sports Plus studio talking sports today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> interesting day. Um, interesting week so far. And... Uh, that's not even not even necessarily the uh, not even the NFL involved with this. Uh, before we jump into talking sports tonight, uh, one next week for all the NASCAR fans that listen and race fans that listen to the One Ten Nation Sports Radio Network, Race Chat Live will be back eight thirty. Um, it's a new time. They moved it back a half hour. Um, I think it's, uh, I think somebody gets off at work at 8 o'clock, too, so make sure everybody gets uh, is able to be there on time. So uh, next Tuesday, and then we're looking at uh, late, February, late February, early March for the return of uh, Safety to Success, the Thursday night show. So looking forward to both of those. Mario, uh, one, how is the mobile um, store coming? Two, um, but you let them know what you get to do, some really uh, cool stuff. And three, let them know where they can find you. All right, so, well, the store is coming along. You know, it's definitely a, a project. You know, it's, it paid off yesterday. Got my first sale out the store at the tire shop. So that's always, you know what I mean, a congratulations once you, you know, see some work pay off, you know what I mean. But it's mm-hmm. coming along. Uh, we got accepted to be a media media personnel for the UNC UNC Virginia Tech game February 16th and uh also applied to to try to get in that uh 
first first and second round tournament of uh, March Madness when it comes to Charlotte. So uh, I apply for that too. So hopefully, you know, things can you know work in work in our favor, my favor, however you want to put it. And uh, you can catch Caroline Sports Plus on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. But uh, you can shop with us also at carolinesportsplus.com. We got a lot of great things and more coming. Also, let them know um, the recap. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a, a show on uh, 104.5 here in uh, Fayetteville called The Recap, uh, me and DJ Dowdy. And uh, things are going well, and uh, we're working on that show too. So, you know, just trying to just trying to do something productive in 2024, you know? I feel you. I feel you. Um, hoping we're, we're all hoping 2024 brings a, a lot of things all our way. Um, yeah. So very excited to see see the growth everywhere. We're starting to get back in the swing of everything. We'll start working on videos and everything else. Uh, so looking mm-hmm. forward to that. There's going to be a lot more content this year, a lot more shows, a lot more things going on. So um, definitely looking forward to that. Um, talking about media, um, would you ever go to Cameron Indoor Arena? Yeah, to do media, of course. Would you? Yeah. If you if you ask me if I would go to the big house, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I always told myself, yeah. and thank God I married somebody that is an Ohio State fan, and mm. for the most part of her life, she was a Browns fan. When the Browns left, she kind of became a Peyton Manning fan, and so she just cheered wherever Peyton Manning went. And when we got back together, we got together, or back together, I guess, um, she decided to be a Browns fan again because I always told myself, I, there, there are certain fans, fan bases I would never date. I, I, I could never date a Michigan mm. fan. I don't think I could ever date uh. a Steelers fan or a Ravens fan. Um, and I've never really thought about it before, especially being in the position where we're not ESPN or FS1, where we get the pickings of where we get to go do media at. But with that being said, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know if I could do a yeah. Michigan game. I, like, I, I don't know. I even, tried, I even tried to get the Duke, the Duke and UNC game. Of course, you know, I was talking to the, the UNC uh, media personnel. But uh, he gave me the opportunity to get any other game besides the Duke game. But you already know how media is at that game. Yeah. So, okay, I tried. I was I was going to get state, but uh, I had a festival to go to, so I just decided to take a old good Saturday Virginia Tech game and uh, you know have a good time and, and get the networking. For those that have never experienced it, and for those that don't know all the backstory, for those that are maybe new to the the channel or the show, I spent 22, 23 years or so in North Carolina, and in about 12 of those years, I was a bouncer and did security, and five of those years, I actually worked different clubs and frat houses in Chapel Hill. Um, so, yes, I am very well. And I also worked for a, a company called Brooklyn Pizzeria. They there for probably about a year or so. We actually did uh, – we had a store in um, Durham right across from Duke, and we actually, for one of the seasons, we actually fed the Duke basketball team um, the, with the company I worked with. But uh, 
So I'm very, very familiar what it's like in, in Chapel Hill and Duke, or well, Durham. Um, and so if anybody's not had that experience, that is um, that is definitely an experience. Um, I was there when Tyler Hansbury and um, Ty Lawson and all of them won the national title. Um, I can remember it was a three-day week gig. It became three-day week plus whatever game, whatever days that they uh, they played on. Um, there'd be lines up the sidewalk. It was insane. Then when they won that national title, and watch everybody run to Franklin Street, and it just the insanity of the entire. If you've never had the college, like a real college experience, like. I live up the road from UD, and I, now UD all of a sudden wins because I know they're working their way up the ranks. Um, and got a good basketball, a good solid basketball team this year. I'm sure there would be some insanity, but nowhere to the level to like a UNC or Duke or Ohio State or Michigan or Alabama or like the the scene when they win the titles and these rivalries is just insane and incredible. And speaking of UNC and Duke. Um, it was a pretty good weekend for you last weekend, wasn't it? Wasn't it for you? Yeah, yeah, so sure was. Yeah. And to see UNC win and Duke lose, isn't that what I, that what yeah. I see you post? Yeah, yeah, it's it's always good when uh, UNC UNC wins and, and, and Duke <laughs> lose. You know what I mean? Just because of the rivalry, the friends of Duke. You know what I mean? But it's always a good day when stuff like that happens. You know what I mean? But UNC <laughs> and Duke square off February third, so. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a, a little talking junk. You know how that goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Dayton. Um, they they make it another good run. I think they're ranked 16th, moving up. Like I said, good solid basketball team. Um, the best team that we've had since 2020. Um, my issue with the 2020 run because everybody felt that that might have been Dayton's year, at least to the Final Four. We play in. We don't play in the SEC. We don't play in the ACC. Dayton doesn't even play in the Big Ten. They play a bunch of media, just like we experienced with the Washington football team. Once you actually played against an actual real conference, you got your butt handed to you. Um, I honestly think that's what would have happened to Dayton once we got down to the eight or four and they actually had to play somebody legitimate. Up to that point in time, not taking away from it. I enjoy it. I've gone to a guy's game. I've gone to the girls' game. We'll be going to more guys' and girls' games. Um, I, it's greatest experience. It's really the only college – I think it's the only college basketball experience I've ever had, so it was it was phenomenal. Um, the girls' team won. The guys lost to Virginia Commonwealth in, like, the last second play, so it was up and down kind of game. Um the other good thing for basketball, while we're still in basketball, women's team, uh, I think we were 10th ranked. Um, girls basketball beat the second-rate Iowa team, so uh, that was a big deal over this last week for Ohio State as well. Uh, so, I don't know. We got a, I, I, I got a couple things I want to discuss with you, Mario, because mm-hmm. I'm really confused where we're at with the NFL. Um, first... Well, well, we'll jump into this Buffalo-Kansas City ordeal. And the NFL wanted to look into maybe changing the rule if an offensive player leaping for the end zone fumbles the football and it goes through the end zone, it's a touchback at this point. And they're talking about changing the rule because they feel it's unfair. 
I'm confused by what part of this they need to change and why it needs to be changed and why it's not right, not fair, not whatever they're trying to say. In a league that most of the rules are to favor the offense, you can't hardly touch the quarterback. You've got to let the receiver catch the ball and really take a step or two before you're allowed to touch them. Or they're deemed um, uh, unprotected or whatever it's called, or defenseless, that's what it is. Um, you can't have anybody accidentally, even if a running back, wide receiver, quarterback shifts the direction unexpectedly, and you're already even trying to go, and you thrust forward, and your intentions was to hit with the shoulder, but because they turn, and now you hit the crown of their head with the crown of your head, you're getting a, a, a unnecessary roughness penalty. Everything's geared towards the offense. I do not have an issue with the defense getting the call. I don't see why, because any other play, if that ball went through the end zone, it's a touchback. If the offensive player knowing, and this they know this rule, knowingly decides they're going to leap and try to reach for the end zone and that ball gets knocked out, they did this knowing that if they let go of that ball, it's going to cost him the ball and the offense is getting into the 20-yard line. It's not like you say, oh, I didn't know this rule. Or, when did you make this rule up? This is a rule. This has been discussed. This has already been brought to national attention before. So I'm not understanding the, the just like I saw on the Pat McCaffrey show, if they change the rule and they get the ball back or even this place where they fumble it, you're going to have people leaping at the three-yard line nonstop doing Superman leaps because what's, what's, what's it going to cost, especially with fourth down? Mm-hmm. And you leap and you make it, or you leap and you fumble it and you lose it, and then they get the ball at the one-yard line, and now you have a chance to safety. Like, I'm not understanding the uproar. It's It's not like... It's not like the Cowboys, and I forget, I'm sorry, see, I think it was Seattle, Cowboy and Seattle game where you had both of them come down with the ball and it was kind of uncharted territory and you didn't quite have this rule in place how this was supposed to happen. This is a rule that's in the rule book already. Yeah. So it's already been charted territory. Like you willingly jumped and put that ball out there. Of course, the defensive player is going to knock it out. Mario, make some sense of it. Make me make sense of it. This this argument of it shouldn't be a touchback or I'm not sure all all the details. I know they're they're arguing whether it should be a touchback or not. It goes to any other time it goes to the end zone, it's a touchback. So I don't know why all of a sudden the rules should change. Your your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'll come, I'm on the same uh, the line of thinking as you. You get what I'm saying? Just because it's part of the rules and it's been in the rule book for so long. And uh, players players know the penalty of bumping the ball out the end zone. You get what I'm saying? The other team is going to get it at the 20-yard line and you shouldn't have fumbled the ball, basically. You get what I'm saying? So uh, mm-hmm. I'm on the same, I'm on the same uh, wavelength as you. When, when it comes to this rule change, I don't think it's something. It's maybe something to think about, you know, to the teams who think it's unfair to drive the ball from one side of the field to the other and then fumble. 
you know, on the one yard line and it rolls on it rolls out the end zone, now the other team gets it, but you know, that's just part of consequences of fumbling the ball, you know, at the one yard line. That's the way I look at it. So I think they should just protect the ball and uh, keep the rules the same. As I watch and let me before I get into this next point, let me we backtrack here a second because we we missed a few mm-hmm. weeks here. Um, yeah, my my beloved Browns managed to bring in thirty nine year old Joe Flacco off the couch, and we we managed to make some noise, and we finished I think eleven to six. I think we gave the last game up um, Cincinnati. We couldn't go up or down, so we rested all our players. Not that it made a difference because let's be honest, the Houston Texans kicked our butts. Uh, don't even know where that came from. I don't feel that the Houston Texans were a better team than us. Um, but we made the playoffs. Yeah. Mario, I was in North Carolina when the Panthers went 15-1. and That is the record y'all went the year you went to the Super Bowl, correct? 15-1? and Yep, that's right. I watched you guys go through the playoffs. Uh, I was a big doubter that year. More so the fact that the Panthers really played nobody. And it's not their fault. It's not like college football where they get to kind of create their own schedule. The NFL has a, a rotating schedule. So it's not like I'm, that's when people used to blame the Patriots. Oh, my God, they got the easiest schedule. It's not like somebody purposely designed the Patriots to have this easy schedule or the Carolina Panthers that year an easy schedule. They had a rotation. You play your conference, and then you play another conference and two teams from another conference, and you rotate and you rotate and rotate until you play everybody. That's just what they do. I think now with AEW or AW, whatever the uh, um, Amazon technical stuff is, I think they use that now as more analytical to help make better matchups throughout the year, um, which I, I think has done a, real, a really good job. But anyway, um, Team gets to the playoff. You guys go to the Super Bowl. Do you recall that year? Yeah. At what point did you start letting you get your hopes up? Throughout the season when you started to see that season trickle and it's like, damn man, we we ten and one or I don't I forget when you guys lost that one game. Um I think as a matter of fact, I think you guys went deep in the year before you actually lost the game. Mm-hmm. Um but you start getting to the end of the season and you only got that one loss. At what point did you get your hopes up and how to what extreme was that? Granted, you guys made it all the way to the Super Bowl, so it's a little bit different of a scenario. But at what point did you let your yourself get to the point like maybe more uh. than you thought you would have or – I would say I would say after you know, I see after you get the ten ten wins ten wins is 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 kind of like, okay, we got something special here. You know, the playoff run was great, you know, uh I think you know, Cam had an awesome year, you know, put up great numbers rushing and passing and uh it was it it was definitely an exciting moment in uh Carolina during that season. But mm-hmm. uh it, it was definitely a disappointment. You know, Cam took a big hit by not jumping on fumble. 
You know, I think they're in the Super Bowl. There was a couple plays that I felt like, you know, the Cotri catch. I think that was a catch. You know, what I mean, they were leaning. I wouldn't say leaning towards Peyton Manning, but it would just been hard. It, it was just, it was a, a wonderful season, basically. Disappointing at the end, now, but I wish we would have won. Now, I bring this up, and not to throw salt in an old wound or poke mm-hmm. at the, the Carolina Panthers. It had nothing to do with the Carolina Panthers. Because you go in, I, I went in the season, and I called the Browns to win the division, which I fell a, what, two games short. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think if we would have chose a little bit different path, even with injuries, we could we could have possibly ran for that top spot. But I tell you what, finishing second on a fourth-string quarterback and without the number one running back in the NFL, and there was points we had the most people on injury reserve to finish second. I feel I was pretty damn close of calling the Browns number one in the AFC North when almost every show called the Browns to be last place in the division. So I will I, I will say I was pretty pretty good. You know, I was confident in the year. Then as things kind of panned and we started watching Watson play, it kind of it kind of got nervous with it. And then Chubb goes down, you really get nervous with stuff. And then you watch PJ Walker, you watch DTR play. It's like, yeah, you know, we might get a wild card. Um, I, I don't see us taking the division, and I don't even know if we're going to do that. You might as well just start, you know, focusing on which, how you're going to fix this for next year. And then one way, and uh, one thing after another, one thing after another, one way, they found a way to win and make the playoffs. And I kept telling myself as we started winning games, and it looks like we're going to make the playoffs, that. I'd be happy if we just got to win. Mm-hmm. I just, just a playoff win. Like, you know, we we made it a couple years ago. We won. We beat the Steelers, and then we turned around and lost to Kansas City. Um, either Mahomes left the game hurt or didn't play that game, and Chad Henney came, either came in. I think he came in. And we still, like, he was able to pull the rabbit out of the hat, and Chiefs beat us. Um and then it, the whole Mayfield thing blew up, and we are where we are now. Um, I just wanted to win. And so as we get closer and closer, not counting the last game, and we beat Baltimore, we clinch ourselves against the Jets. It's like, man, I, you know, this is the number one defense. Yeah, Joe Flacco throws some some interceptions, but man, he's throwing 300 yards. We're getting a touchdown. The defense, number one. So even the turnovers, the one here to there per game, you know, we can, we can overcome that because we, we, we got the best defense. Um, we had the best kicker in the league. Of course, he gets hurt in the stretch. We had one of the best punters in the league. Of course, he gets hurt in the stretch. As a matter of fact, one of the games we couldn't even – we couldn't even kick the ball, and I think we didn't have a punter of the same game as two, and we still managed to win the game. I don't know how all this works. But anyway, um, and that's, when you, that's how you start building this confidence. Like, man, no kicker, you still win. No punter, you still win. Four, three, and quarterback. No, you know, all these things. And one of the games in this stretch, uh, um, 
I think it was the Jets game. We were without Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, so he uh, gets hurt early in the game. So you lose your number one and your number two receiver. Mm-hmm. So it's like, damn, okay. We got the Texans. We've done beat the Texans. We got a rookie quarterback. We should be able to have number one defense. We should be able to handle this. And it's the, at the the point when we got into the second half of the game, Mario, we, we stayed close the first half. As a matter of fact, we went up 14-7, and then just kind of after that went downhill, we didn't score nothing else. Um, we got to the second half of that game. That's when I realized that I, I let myself start to believe something that I knew I shouldn't believe in. Yeah. Like, I, I spent the rest of the weekend, I didn't watch, I, I have yet, it's not so much got to do with football, it's just been extremely busy, mm-hmm. uh, between the concert, between the wife and being the ER with her two, like two weeks ago, when she got uh, hurt in an accident, mm-hmm. um, Work, everything. There's other things that factor. So it's not just strictly got to do with this. But I have not. But there's a there's a good part of it though. I have not mm. watched a football game since the Browns lost. Mm. Like, mm. I, I I let myself get sucked in, and I knew better. Like yeah. I knew that we at best was a one game team. That's all we should have got. And I don't know if it mattered because I allowed myself to, all right, you know, we get past Houston. We just got done beating Baltimore. We know how to beat Baltimore. Then yeah. that leaves a Kansas City team that we're actually have been better than all season long and they've been slumping. Or that leaves you the Buffalo team that seems to choke, which they get did again this year, choke every mm-hmm. year. So, like, yeah. you start thinking, like, man, all you got to do is get by Houston. Then I think we would have been the – no, I think Kansas City still won the ch- their division, so we wouldn't have been seated higher, even though we had the higher record. Um, but the rest of the path, you know, heaven forbid San Francisco goes to the Super Bowl. We don't beat them, too. Like, we could possibly potentially – our path potentially could have been all the teams we've just got done beating in this run mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. So why, why, why not start – letting some hope and glimmer come in or am I mad or am I more upset the fact that we lost to a team that we shouldn't have lost and we should have handled like Baltimore handled them um, so I, I that's why I brought up I, I want to know how you felt that year because I'm still in this like obviously I'm going to watch games this weekend and get back in the swing of things um, I think things calmed down a little bit this weekend for us but it's just like, man, I let that get a little more personal than I wanted to let it get. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like that sometimes, especially when it's your team and they lose, and there's no there's no next game, there's no next week. So it is, uh, you know, it's kind of heavy on the heart, you know, especially since you know you've been a Browns fan for a very long time. So uh, I can definitely uh, feel your pain just because of what we went through in Carolina after all those years of being sorry and and then getting all the way there and not you know not finishing a season. You know what I mean? So I definitely understand. Truly do. I tell you what, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do this next year. Or 
Uh, rumor has it they're going to sign Flacco. I, I think I, I, at one point I'm heard two years, twelve million with potential bonus stuff. I don't know how true all that is and if it's going to happen. Every other joke and every other, uh, I think that's kind of gone. Just kind of wrote its ride, you know, wrote ride its whatever I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. and it's gone on. Nobody's really focused about that. Like you say, everybody got past the dolls with Michael Vick, and everybody got past whatever with this person, whatever with that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the fact that he was unable to stay healthy and has been able to stay healthy and is not the quarterback that he once was, um, it took Baltimore doing whatever to his shoulder and the second half pretty much playing a perfect game but playing hurts and is with a season ending injury for him to even play any anything close to what we're paying him. Um, I'm curious to how many games will it take before they say, you know what, either A, we're going Flacco, or B, let's just go ahead and, and just squash this contract, let's find somebody else, draft somebody else to go behind Flacco, you know, and develop behind Flacco, and let's let's just reset and restart. I'm curious to see that. Um, but watching a lot of football leading up to the Browns' loss, one one saying that got said a lot that drives me nuts, it's not the first time I heard it. It's drove me nuts for a long time. But I, I've never really thought about it to talk about it on the show. I've always worried about having top headlines to talk about or this, you know, just whatever. Strip sack. Mm-hmm. Forced to fumble the football in respect of, of where the ball goes. Therefore, for example, a defender who creates this quote-unquote strip sack and the ball is then, then propelled across the line of scrimmage by being batted or kicked will still receive credit as a quarterback sack. Yeah. When did we go? When did we go to letting somebody be able to strip the ball and get credit for a strip, a sack, and potentially a fumble recovery? Like it's one or the other. You can't have. You can't get credit for a whole bunch of stuff for doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Like this might be the to me. Now you might have a different view of this. It might mean something different to you, but it is. There are certain things out there that drive me nuts when people say. And strip sack is one of those that is so stupid. Like, you can't have a strip and a sack. It's either a sack or the ball mm-hmm. is stripped. Yeah. How can you possibly have two different things? Yeah. I think it's more – I think it's more – I think it's more of the – you know, the quarterback got – if the quarterback would have held on the ball and didn't fumble, he would have been sacked. But since the quarterback fumbled the ball while he was getting sacked, I think the defensive player should also get account, accounted for a sack just because he would have been sacked if he would held on to the ball. But since he held on to the ball and loses the ball, now he gets a sack. It's a fumble. And a strip fumble. So you get credit yeah, for uh-huh. No, you get credit for a forced fumble, and that's it. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> we just. Yeah. Why did we just start making up categories and adding things to pad numbers? Like, I. I I don't get this. I, I don't understand. Uh, before we talk about more playoffs, uh, big news right before the show. Um, Jim Harbaugh 
is going to yeah. be the Los Angeles Los Angeles Charger. Yeah, Los Angeles Chargers. It is mm-hmm. Los Angeles, right? They in Los Angeles. Los yeah, Vegas, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Chargers. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Everybody keeps moving around. Head coach. Um, I don't. I'm trying to be unbiased about this because this obviously. To my 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 fairness and my credit, I didn't like Jim Harbaugh before that. I mm-hmm. didn't like him at, when he was the 49ers coach, and I have other issues, other yeah. reasons for that. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not like just because he is the Michigan's ex-coach now that I don't like Jim Harbaugh. I just didn't like Jim Harbaugh anyway. But I don't know if that is necessarily the fix. Um. I mean, it looks good. You come off a national title. You did take the 49ers to the Super Bowl. You lost. Um, I don't – what I guess I don't think as highly of Justin Herbert as people, other people do. Mm-hmm. But also, I think – one, I'm still a firm believer if they would have kept Alex Smith as their quarterback back when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, they would have won the Super Bowl. Uh, Alex Smith was a game manager. He would 17 for 20, 18 for 21, whatever the case may be. He might only throw 200 yards. He'd get you a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns, but he wasn't throwing an interception. He he was out there. He was a good game manager, kind of a lot like what Brock Purdy's like. Uh, mm mm-hmm. He got hurt. Colin Kaepernick came in. Defenses, just like when um, Cam Newton came to the league, didn't know how to defend Colin Kaepernick. Now, was it like Colin that Kaepernick was lighting up the airways? Like, was it like he was throwing the ball a lot, just like uh, um, Lamar Jackson? A lot of it was running. Didn't know how to. You basically add an extra running back in there and – you know, once you got the defense all scroll rolling around and send out with the possibility of making a throw, if you got everybody not paying attention to the quarterback they could run, they went. And so Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, Lamar Jackson, they ran. They ran a lot of yards because the defenses had to still defend these receivers and still account for everybody. So you had you had a fast running back back there that could 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 run. And break tackles and, and juke players. I mean, I'll give that. I don't think any more great throwers, uh, but all of them knew how to take advantage of a defense that had to stay true to their def- uh, to their receivers and their running backs, and uh, knew how to pick a lane and go. Um, and I, I think he rode that to the Super Bowl. And then I think Baltimore, of course, was one of the best defenses for a long time. Didn't play that game. They weren't going to let Colin act. Colin, uh, Colin Kaepernick run all over him. They just weren't. They were going to make him throw the ball, and of course, it didn't happen. He threw inter- what interception, and that was that. Um, I don't even know where I was at. I got sidetracked with... Oh, Jim Harrell. Um So I don't know. You came off... You. you you rode the Colin Kaepernick wave to Super Bowl, then he, then defense adjusted. Colin Kaepernick ended up getting benched for playing Gabbert. Um, then he had the whole kneeling stuff. Then Jim Harbaugh was booted out before then. 
Uh, goes to Michigan, can't beat Ohio State, kind of middle of the run Big Ten team for most of the time. Then you get allegations, you get suspended for it, so there's some truth somewhere. I think there's more truth to it, but anyway. Uh, stealing signs, um, you went from dominating everybody to barely beating the last two or three games, um, except the national title game. Um, I don't think the national title game. No, that national title game was close, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was close. Okay, let's not remember. I, 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 unless it's the house, I don't know why the game, so I, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> and so there's a lot to whether or not how legitimate this whole season even was and how much help the signals did for you. And then you're now taking over a team with a quarterback that I feel is overrated. Justin Herbert has done nothing in the NFL for me, it's like, oh, my God, this is a franchise quarterback that I would want to start my team around. He just hasn't. Um, there's, there's good quarterbacks out there that just I, – I, there's quarter other quarterbacks in this league that I feel are in the same group as him, but he, I don't know, for some reason, everybody holds him in this higher pedestal, and I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, San Diego has hardly had any success since Justin Herbert's been there. It's not like they've gone to an AAC championship game, Super Bowl. I honestly do at this point, without going to look it up, I don't know if they've won one or even more than one playoff game if they've done that. Um, but, you know, the talk of Justin Herbert's just like he's the, you know, the best thing to ever happen to the Chargers. And at this point, to me, you're no, no better than Philip Rivers, who eventually – had to go on his way after many years of the same success you're having right now. So I just don't know. Um, I would like for the West to get a little bit better. I, I know as a Browns fan, you know, you kind of choose your words. Anybody, if you're a fan of anybody in the AFC, you kind of choose your words. As soon as you say, oh, you want the Chargers to be a really good team, then, you know, that's the team that's going to beat you in the playoffs next year. But – um, I want teams that are more competitive out west to compete with the Chargers. Like you're talking, what six straight championship games for Mahomes? Um, the first mm-hmm. six years he's in, like there's been the, the the Raiders have been a mess. God knows how many years at this point, but at least the whole time Mahomes has been there. Uh, the Chargers has been the same team that we've seen for uh, since back when Philip Rivers was there, and. Why am I drawing a blank on who the other team out west in the AFC is all of a sudden? Oh, uh, what is that, Raiders? I did the Raiders. They're a mess. Broncos. There we go. And, of course, they got their whole – they got their whole <laughs> – they got their whole mess going on. So, there's really no competition because you go ahead and bench damn your your starting quarterback and look like real butt the last two weeks of the season to prove a point. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I Sean Payton and then uh, Russell Wilson that, that whole thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I'd like for some team or at least one of the teams to get good out west to at least give Kansas City. I mean, you went what nine and seven and won the division. Like let's let's. Let's get some competition out there. Let's let's, let's let's make this a little bit harder for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on your thoughts on uh, Harbaugh in uh, 
Los Angeles. I'm as a, weird as in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit different than you. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say. You know, as far as the the coaching hire in the NFL, I think he's the most attractive just because he's. You know, he's won everywhere he's went. You know what I mean? From Stanford to Michigan to 49ers. So obviously he has a, a good a good blueprint of how to build a team. You know what I mean? Just because of how 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 the course of his coaching career has been. You know what I mean? So uh, I think mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say they're I wouldn't say they're playoff team, Super Bowl team because they got a lot of things to fix. You know what I mean? But as far as the Chargers offensively, they do have they already have weapons that's already there from, from the quarterback at least that can throw a good ball. You know, they have uh, wide receivers, they got tight ends, they got a running back. You know, if they can fix, you know, if they can get things straight on the defense, you know, they still got defensive players that are still, you know, under contract. So it's definitely a good team to go to if I was a coach. If I was a coach looking for a job in the NFL, you know, I think the Chargers would be the, the, the top on the list just because of the weapons that they already have, you know, already on the team. So I think mm-hmm. I would I would definitely give him a, a honest shot of uh, doing something productive, but uh, I, I think I think Jim Harbaugh went to the right team. If he went somewhere else, it would have been a you know with the Carolinas, the Washingtons, you know all them teams out there. You know they're 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 at the bottom. You know I mean, that's that's the real overhaul of a change you're gonna have to do. You know as far as building a whole team back up. But I think the Chargers are the top team that's that's made for a run, that's already built for a run. They just got to fix a couple of things. And, and his coaching, I think, can fix the things that they were lacking. Do you think – this is Katie while I was talking. Do you mm-hmm. think there is more to the story? Like, right now, you stay at Michigan. I guarantee, especially with all these NIL deals and, NIL mm-hmm. deals and everything going on, Michigan – is going to pay you a pretty penny because you just won a national title. You beat Ohio State at least, I think it's two years, maybe three years in a row. So mm-hmm. you're like God in Michigan right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell yeah. me that excuse me, you're going to go from having the top program beating your arch enemy that has cost many others their job. You win a national title to go out west to go coach a team that has been mediocre for at least the last year or two um, with the uncertainties. Like, you go from God and knowing that you, you're you coaching the number one team, you're, the odds are you're going to be number one starting off next year to the uncertainty for probably not that much more money makes me wonder – is there more of this story that's about to come out? And you know what? Let me jump ship now. Like, all this is about to come crumbling down. We're about to be stripped of this. We're about to be stripped of that. Michigan's about to be in trouble. Let me jump ship and go get paid and get this other program before I go down with the boat. Yeah, even, even you know, even that, excuse me, you know, even that point, you know, it is, it is what it is. Even if, if that was me, it is what it is at this point. You know what I mean? I'm a 60-year-old man. You know what I mean? I just won a championship. The NCAA just 
suspended me the first three games for buying for buying a recruited cheeseburger. You get what I'm saying? So I, I think I think I think the NCAA already had something out against Harbaugh. You know what I mean? Things may come out. Things may come out. They 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 probably will come out. But if they do, you know what I mean? At the same token, all right. You know what I mean? I'm not there anymore. We won the national championship. You know, it is what it is at this point. You know, do do what you got. Okay, if if there's more, they'll get stripped of that national title. I'm not saying there is more, but I I just find yeah, it I, weird sure. that you win the national title. That that's like. That'd be like you going through a stretch. Because I think Ohio State won something like, it was at least 10 years, but like 12 to 15 years. So that'd be like, and I know it's a little bit different because UNC do play each other twice a year, not just once a mm. year. But, so we'll short it. Let's say that Duke goes on this run and beats you guys like eight years in a row. And all of a yeah. sudden, Roy Williams comes in. Not only does, in the first couple years, you're part of that. He's part of that that run of eight law eight years straight, so sixteen straight losses. And then, boom, he wins the game. He wins both games. And then, boom, the next year he wins both games. Then, and you're winning more games as you're doing this, and you're becoming nationally ranked. Like just say, you just went through this slump. You was barely ranked if ranked at all. I remember being in Chapel Hill when. Date, I want to say it was Dayton. It was either Dayton or Ohio State beat UNC in the NIT tournament. I was working mm-hmm. at uh, PT's in the corner of Rosemary and Henderson when that game was going on. It was hardly anybody in there because it was in the NIT championship game. Um, but all of a sudden, second season, or, uh, after losing about three seasons, losing about six games straight, you win a, let's say you split it 1-1. The next year, you win both. Then Roy Williams leads UNC to beat them twice and winning a national title. Like Roy Williams and how Roy Williams did to even do that is like a god in UNC in, in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Not alone yeah, if yeah. that would have been the case. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine that um, you're God. Like yeah, literally mm-hmm. in Michigan. After losing for 12, 15 years to your your enemy who's won national titles and you've been irrelevant for so long, not only did you you finally beat Ohio State, you win a national. There's no way. Like I, I I'm waiting for something. I, I'm not gonna say there's no way because there is a way. But I, I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. I there's a part of me is waiting for under investor after deeper investigation we found blah 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 blah. All the wins are vacated, the national titles vacated, blah blah blah. I, I can see I, I would not I would be more shocked, let's go with this. I'd be more shocked if that doesn't happen than if it doesn't happen. I'm not gonna say it's going to but I'd be more shocked if yeah. it didn't be just because Yeah. Because the statue you are you're, you're the Roy Williams, the the Coach Taze, the the uh, Coach Woody uh, Woody Hayes, like those mm-hmm. levels of Coach Nick Saban, like that's where Bill Belichick, that's where Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and college football status is right now. And you're gonna go to San, uh, I want to say San Diego, Los Angeles, the, the, the Chargers. 
I mean, I'm not saying Chargers is a horrible team. I, I just think that Justin Herbert's overrated. I just think people make more out of him when he would, but there's no guarantee. Like, I understand the Michigan is still no guarantee, but you just came off a national title. Like, you come off back-to-back winning seasons. There's no guarantee. There's there's no guarantee that you do the same thing going to San Francisco and ends up being a bust in – you know, you left Stanford for San Francisco. Then you got booted out of the NFL, went back. You built yourself back up in Michigan. Um, I don't know. I just I, I wait for that other shoe to fall. I just yeah. I, I just have this feeling there's something else. Yeah, but I, I just I feel like if he wants to go right now. He can go. You know what I mean? He wants to try something new. Let him try something new. If you, you get what I'm saying? That's just to me. You know what I mean? There's, there's things that could come up. I'm not saying there, there's not. But at the same token, I just don't think, you know what I mean, he he, he could have stayed at Michigan. There's, there, I'm pretty sure there's an opportunity for him to stay at Michigan to watch that at Michigan. If, if it comes out watch ugly, it. no, there's not. He would lost, He probably would have lost yeah. his job. If, it, if it's yeah. enough to vacate wins and championships, you're, you're probably losing your job. Like I said, I'm not saying it's supposed to happen, and I'm not trying. I'm trying to be unbiased about it, just like you would try to be unbiased if this involved Coach K or whoever the coach at Duke is now or whatever. Yeah. But they're just a part of me. It, that part of it doesn't make sense. Like you are on top of the world, like. You're in Michigan, like there ain't much higher than you in the United States anyway. Canada's really yeah, it, yeah. but um, I just I don't know. That to leave want, being want, pretty much God of Michigan to a what if in Los Angeles, I I just something doesn't sound right. Yeah. Hey, I'm out of there. I want to go. That'd be like that'd be like all those years I spilled build, building up that store, that 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 store we met, and uh-huh. they give me an opportunity. Look, you're God. You're you. You can have this store. Like this is your store. We will we will pay you as if you own the store. Like that. That's what you're looking at. The, the kind of money after winning the national title and beating Ohio yeah. State. That Jim Harbaugh. If you would have not had any issues going on, that's what you're looking at. And me saying, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go up the road and I'm gonna go take my chance at was that a marathon that's on the right hand side uh, or the well, actually be the left hand side when you're going through yeah. Spring Lake towards Fort mm-hmm. Bragg. Uh, I'm gonna go work for the marathon or I'm going to go work for the Shell as you're leading Spring Lake on the right hand side. You know I, I'm gonna go do that and see what if could happen. I, mean, I no like. <laughs> I don't know. Something doesn't seem right. We got four teams left in the uh, the playoffs. Um, speaking of the NFL, we got the Kansas City Chiefs who beat Buffalo. We're, we got we got to talk about Buffalo. Um, we got Baltimore Ravens who the Chiefs are going to play. Um, they beat the the breaks off the Houston Texans. You got the Detroit Lions. Um, who beat the Buccaneers. A lot of controversy on how that game ended. And, of course, the San Francisco 49ers who beat the Green Bay Packers. Um, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Hey, let's talk about the Super Bowl, too. Um, I guess Usher is supposed to perform at halftime. I didn't know that. Eric. 
I probably knew at one point that I forgot. I know Reba McIntyre is doing the national anthem. I know Post Malone is doing uh, America Beautiful or whatever. And then I don't know who the, I think the female is singing the black national anthem. Um, and then I guess Usher is doing halftime. I really wish there was a way to modify this. And what I mean by this is, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I was a big Eminem fan. Um, as he got older and as his later music, I'm not so much, I felt he got a little, one, he spent a little bit too much time beefing with stupid people like uh, Machine Gun Kelly and other people, but more so the, the whole politics. I don't want... LeBron dragging the politics into basketball. I don't need Eminem dragging politics into his raps, and it just get repetitive. Um, but with that being said, the Detroit Lions could possibly do something that they've never done. And when you think of Detroit, there is no doubt one of the first things you think about, at least in, I would say my generation down to those that are probably in the mid to late 20s, so about a 20-year stretch. If you think, throw up Detroit or people from Detroit, Eminem is going to be one of the first names you're going to throw out there. Um, he is a Lions fan. He is proud from being Detroit. I think that there was there should be a way that if the Detroit Lions find themselves in the Super Bowl, that Eminem should be able to have a part in this halftime show. Like, I, I just how I feel about it. Like, there are just certain people that represent, you know, their city. They are proud. They are loyal to, and he ain't done anything, like, actually wrong. I just don't care about the politic part of it, but he's not done anything wrong. Um, he's led a pretty, you know, calm life. I mean, for the most part, like he's not been in trouble. Um, I don't know. I just feel that, and I mean, it's not like the NFL's not having to do the Super Bowl. He just did it you know, last year, the year before. I forget when him and Snoop and all them came out. But just there's certain people that are tied to certain teams and certain sports, and I just feel that that's one of them. That all right, Detroit goes. Either the NFL should somehow work it in or Usher should somehow let Eminem in on, you know, that's his team. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Usher's from Cleveland. You know, Cleveland would have went and wouldn't have been his year, you know. Um, but to be a part of it, especially someone as, as verbally supportive. Um, but the end of that game, the uh, – Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually had an opportunity to call timeouts with 37 seconds left. Would have set up a third down. They would have stopped them. They could have kicked a field goal. And um, I think actually they, they would have, it would, timeout would have caused them to kick a field goal. Um, and Tampa Bay decided not to. They let the time run out, didn't give Detroit to kick a field goal, which if they kicked a field goal, I think it would have made an eight point game. So you're talking only a few seconds on the clock. And it would have took a miracle. Um, a lot of kickback because Tampa Bay didn't take that chance. That they just decided there was no point. That they, actually, I think if they missed, made the field goal, they couldn't have won. But you don't know if they were going to make it or miss it. You know, we, we've seen kickers miss chip shots. Um, 
Mario, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on it as a head coach, what's your call? Um, yeah, it, it, you know, they was already down. They was already down eight. You know, I, I would definitely try anything, you know, especially if I got the timeouts. I would definitely call the timeout just to so, just to see an opportunity of him kicking a 49, 50-yard field goal to be up by 11. And if he missed, I get the ball at the 45, and I got 30 instead of 37 seconds. Now I got 33 seconds to get a touchdown and two-point conversion. Could it happen? Yes. Would have happened? Uh, I, I don't know. But you didn't. You didn't get the team an opportunity to see if it could happen. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, the Browns the found themselves making a. Yeah, the Browns found themselves making helping making a play by blocking the kick. Like it, it happens, especially when the deeper the kick is, then the lower the angle, so they can get more distance on it that the kick's going to be. Like, why would you like? I'm not understanding the whole logic. I understand the odds are, yes, he was probably going to make that kick and you probably were going to lose. But this is your opportunity excuse me, to go to the conference round and potentially the Super Bowl. Why would you not just say, you know, it's not like you can save that. You can't anyway, but no, it wasn't like you were saving that for the next round. Oh, I got a timeout from last round. Not that you can save them anyway, but why would you? why would you not take that? opportunity to potentially we, we watched what was it buffalo missed a field goal at the end of the game there towards the end of the game against kansas city it went mm-hmm. to wide right away yeah. where i saw the the little video yeah. where someone put a little fan up by the tv like they blew the the balls uh to the right or whatever um mm-hmm. it happens so yeah, it happens. i i don't understand and you're in the playoffs it's you win or you're go you go home why would you not like i don't get that um Baltimore, oh, my God. Any team, first of all, any team but uh, Baltimore, please win. Mm-hmm. At this point, I really don't yeah. care. Um, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm going to pick a team, I think it's going to be the 49ers, which this last week shut up a lot of haters because they finally had to come back from behind and win. That was one of the, the – uh, Jabs at Purdy as well. If he's behind, we've never watched him actually come from behind to beat a team. Well, they they did that this last week. Um, I, I think the 49ers are the team to beat. Um, I, I I don't think they're a clear cut favorite. Like I don't think any team looks like. Oh my God! Out of these four teams, this team is way up here, and this team's down. No, I I think they're all pretty pretty much close. Um, honestly, if I was to rank the last four teams, I'd probably put the 49ers, Baltimore, the Lions, and then probably the Chiefs last, to be honest with you. Um, but everybody is making such a big deal about this whole Lamar Jackson thing. Yeah. Oh, MVP. He's showing us why he's MVP. Look at what he just did to the Houston Texans. Now it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a tough pill to swallow because it's hard to throw the jabs in when the Browns just lost basically in the same fashion as you beat the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um but when it comes to the the whole Lamar Jackson performance of it because that was more more so to do with the defense because he only threw for her fifty two yards. He rushed yeah. for hundred yards. But everybody keeps, oh, all these doubters and all these haters keep talking about how Lamar Jackson don't throw the ball, can't throw. 
threw for 152 yards. He caught himself mm-hmm. running all over the place because he doesn't have the arm to throw all over the place. So, if for those who don't know, I will never get over the whole Art Modell moving the Browns to Baltimore. I will always hate Baltimore with a passion. I will always want the Baltimore Ravens to finish 32nd with uh, the Steelers finishing 31st and the Bengals finishing 30th and all the rest of the teams that fight amongst themselves for the rest of the positions. Um, But I I think the 49ers, to me, look like the – the best team all around. They got a really good defense. You got McCaffrey. You got Debo. Purdy's playing good. Um, Shanahan's a good coach. I I just think that they will be the representative. I I'm really hoping and what and what I really think it'll come down to we'll <laughs> probably see the 49ers and the Chiefs. Um, okay. And I think if there's a team to beat the 49ers, it will be the Chiefs because as much as I'm not a big fan of the Chiefs, as, of course, I hate 31 teams, you can never count the Chiefs. It, it's almost like the old you never bet against Tom Brady and the Bill Belichick system. You can't bet uh-huh. against Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Reid anymore. Like, you just can't. Like, six straight yeah. championships. Uh, uh-huh. So, um, there's a team that's Dethrone, who I think is going to win, is going to be Kansas City, but I think it's going to be Kansas City and the 49ers in the Super Bowl with the 49ers winning. What do you think about the last four four teams lots of the games this last weekend? Um, what you, who do you think? I'm gonna take it. I'm, I'm gonna take it a little bit more different, a different route than what you took. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, with Baltimore, with Baltimore beating the 49ers right before the regular season, you know, I definitely would put uh, Baltimore. You know, overall, as the better team, just because, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's not going, you know, he's not going to throw for 300, 400 yards. But then at the same token, when he played uh, the 49ers, their defense is ranked number one. And all Lamar Jackson got to do is not turn the ball over. You know, three out out of their four losses, you know, Really, they should have won them three because they was up the whole game. You know, the 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 last game they lost against Pittsburgh, nobody played. You know what I mean? So it's just it's it's really hard to to sit there and say the Forty ers are better than Baltimore after Baltimore went in the went into Forty ers Stadium and beat them real. You know, handedly to be honest with you, with Brock Purdy throwing all them interceptions and then how Brock Purdy looked his last game. You know, I think they – yes, they did beat uh, the Packers. Yes, he did lead them on, you know, the last little second game-winning drive. But as far as his overall performance, Brock Purdy didn't look too good. You know, a lot of his ball – you can blame him a little bit on the rain, but a lot of his balls were high, a lot of his balls were low. You know, a lot of his passes weren't accurate. We don't know what's going on with Debo Stabbing, if he's going to be playing or how he's going to be feeling after the shoulder injury that he had last week. But – uh you can't not you can't knock Kansas City and uh and anything that they're doing just because they've been to six uh straight NFC AFC championship games, so that's always something to be uh, proud of. But uh I'm am gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh I think I think the Baltimore Ravens got a little mojo going. I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be a very tough game. But uh I'm gonna go ahead and lean I'm kind of like fifty-fifty, but just because Lamar Jackson and went in, in, in the in the 
the the trash talk that he's been hearing, you know, can he can he do something in the playoffs? I think this could be his year. I think this should be his year to do it, you know. I'm not saying I'm not getting sick of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs being there, you know. It's always good to see history, team doing good, but I'm going to go ahead and shake it up. I know earlier in the season I said everything runs through uh, Kansas City, just like you said. And uh, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go ahead and go uh, Baltimore. As far as the 49ers, as far as the 49ers in Detroit, uh, it's all about how the quarterback plays. You know, they both have strong defenses. Detroit is not going to lay down. Detroit is going to really, uh, you know, their their physicality, their big physical team too. So, uh I, w- I would love, I would love to see Detroit. I would love to see Detroit go. I would really, I really would. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and shake it up. Uh, a lot of people say 40, 49ers and Ravens. I'm gonna go ahead and say Ravens and Lions. You know, I was I'll gonna say, ask I'll, you, do you, think, do you think people are sleeping on the yeah. Lions? Because you don't hear a lot of people picking the Lions, um, and a lot of conversations they don't get brought up. Um, outside of Detroit fans, so yeah. uh, I was getting ready to ask you: do, you: do you think people are sleeping on? But you're you're picking them to go. Uh, yeah. So. Just the only the the reason the reason the momentum is good the momentum the locker room you know the coach the team is really on board about how things are going in Detroit. Last week's game, the 49ers really did struggle against Green Bay. And the only reason I'm picking Detroit is just because of how Brock Purdy paid, how he played, and how how his balls wasn't accurate. But you never know. You know what I mean? Next, this week might be a different week. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and shake it up. I'm going to go ahead and shake it up and uh, go, go Baltimore and uh, Detroit. Just because I would like to see it too. I don't know if I have ever heard anybody say I want to see the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yeah, shake it up, man. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> same same thing with the Forty Nineers. Forty Nineers been there the last couple of years. I would say I wouldn't say to the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying. You know NFC Championship. You know they they they've been there. They're not saying they're not a good team because they're 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 an awesome team. You know what I mean? They got good wide receivers. They got good tight ends. They got an awesome running back. You know they got a, uh, the the last round last pick of the draft quarterback. So that's always a, a good success story, good comeback story. But we'll see this weekend. Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Most, uh, most definitely. Um, what you think? What you think about uh, Doc River, uh, Milwaukee firing their coach and bringing in Doc Rivers? I know we cha- I know we're talking. We were talking NFL. You know, just check it up a little bit. How, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about a coach being? Yeah. That was that was definitely a topic we'll get into, uh, or I okay. was going to get into. Uh, one. I couldn't imagine waking up and being a head coach of a basketball team 
We be mm-hmm. thirty and thirteen, so we we, we got a winning yeah. record, a, a pretty pretty good winning record. It's not like we're just above. Second, we're, yeah, you know, we're, we're not we're not just thirty and twenty seven. We're thirty and thirteen mm-hmm. to be fired, um, like yep. just come out of nowhere. I saw something today that said report saying that um, Gian, uh, Giannis would uh, change plays and refuse to come out and just had no respect for the head coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. all the de- all the details. Um, I don't know if you got any more mm-hmm. details. I'm gonna let you uh, share if you do. Uh, I, without knowing a lot of details, and I'm hoping that maybe you'll shed some light. It just seems like Doc Rivers kind of patted somebody or buttered up to somebody and. Wanted an opportunity and it was made happen because I, uh, unless you know something I don't know, like, like I said, I've been busy, so I've not catch up with everything. You know, when you're 30 and 13 and you said, what, second in the, the East, like, why you can't in the coach? So um, it was kind of unexpected. Uh, it just seems like it was kind of premeditated and there's more to the story. Uh, your thoughts on it? Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there a deeper reason why other than they feel like performance? I think, you know, 30 and 13, being second in the East, first in offense, you get what I'm saying? And second in points per game. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I the, think the locker room horrible. really ha- – Yeah, the defense is horrible. They was fourth last year. They dropped down to, uh, I believe, like 20, 21st in overall defense. But uh, mm-hmm. you know what? They have a they have a championship ready made team. I think they I think they got a couple spots on on the roster that that are filled just because of the the players they got on the team from uh, the low players brother to the Giannis brothers. You know what I mean? So obviously that 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 probably plays a factor too. Uh, I think the overall in the locker room, you know, the players would you would you have a respect? For a first year, you know, for a first year coach, and you got two dominant superstars. One superstar obviously don't like don't like the head coach, and of course, it's going to trickle down into the players on the team. You know, especially when it's players, the coaches. So I think that that played a factor. But uh, Doc Rivers got a lot on his shoulders now too, because from from he was a, a consultant of the coach. You know, Doc Rivers was was kind of like leading him early on in the season, being around the team. So it's not like Doc Rivers don't, doesn't ha- haven't been in the building. You get what I'm saying? He was already yeah. around the team before he got on radio. So uh, it, it, it does make it look kind of iffy. You know, you, you fire the head coach, then you bring in the consultant Doc Rivers. But Doc Rivers, you know, he's a black head coach that won a championship 16 years ago. You know, behind Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray that's Allen. Really you know what I mean? That yeah, that's a long that's a long time. You know what I mean? So that, you know, that, and, and that he, was gonna be one of my that was gonna be one of my points with uh, with Doc Rivers. Uh, yeah, is the fact that and he had dominant teams. It's been, he had yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Like that was gonna be when we had this conversation. That was gonna be my whole like you won a championship with a team that went and got a big three and, and put mm-hmm. it in. I, I hate that people the one try to say that, well, I, I feel that this has been a thing. It was just 
amplified when he did it, and then it just continued on. It's not the first time people like Charles Barkley went to Houston. Like, you know, it's not yeah. Yeah, Dry Clex or Hakeem Olajuwon and Charles Barkley. Yeah. So I mean, there was, there was teams that had big, yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. teams that did the same thing. Boston just didn't want a championship, and so it became a thing after yeah. that. So it took you putting that team together to win a, a championship. You only won it once. You basically mm-hmm. let one man destroy the rest of that whole thing, and that's LeBron James. So that yeah. Cleveland, those Cleveland teams were not that good, and mm-hmm. LeBron just kept ruining it for you. You go to the Clippers, and you have, like, one of, at that point in time, was one of the best yep. teams in the NBA, and you couldn't uh-huh. do anything with uh-huh. it. I don't know if he yeah. went anywhere else or not. I can't remember, but you, yeah, at he this was, point, uh, other than the, that's right. And you still had a good team there, and you couldn't do nothing with it. So mm-hmm. what yep. does Milwaukee think that, like, I, you fired a 30-13 and 13 coach that had you second in the East. You're one of the best teams offensively, yes. Your defense sucks, but you knew that when you traded Drew Holiday away that you were mm. really getting rid of your only defense. So that was to be expected when you did that as a franchise. And you bring in a coach that, granted, has a, a title, but you assemble with a, one of the best teams at that point in time that you could have assembled to win that championship. And then every other team to include the rest of the time you coached that team, which all the rest of the teams were really good teams for their time and where they were at, you couldn't do jack with. Like, I, I'm not understanding what the trade-off is with this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, even even the, even the with Milwaukee fire, firing, really they fired the last two coaches, now they got another coach, now they got three coaches on the payroll that you're paying for, you know what I mean? The last coach just signed a four-year, uh, a sixty $60 million contract, you know what I mean? So now you got to pay him for the next – Four, three years, four years left. Now you had to pay the last coach that you moved away from. But I think with Doc Rivers coming in, I think it's a different uh, language. I think Doc Rivers ain't going to allow them to uh, call their own play, you know, like push them off a little bit. I think Doc Rivers can really, like, uh, lay, lay something down as far as, you know, back and forth talk as far as Giannis and to uh, Lillard. You know, I think Giannis and Lillard wouldn't treat when treat Doc Rivers the same way they treated their their old their last coach, so uh, it's a lot of pressure. So I think it's more pressure. I think it's more pressure on Doc Rivers and the management than the overall team. Now, you, you get what I'm saying? Just because the coach got to come in and won a championship to me. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Talking about change of directions. What's your thoughts? Uh, you keep up with MMA? Yeah, a little bit, but not too much. I'm not. A, I'm not real uh, a drop kick, spin kick type person. Knee me in the face type of individual. You know what I mean? So that's not. That's not. <laughs> I don't want anybody knee me in the face either. But you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, I understand. When I was young, and when I say young, uh-huh. I got my first job yeah. when I was 16. So you're looking next month, 30 years ago. And I had it for two years, and then I joined the military. And I can remember at one point in time that, because I, I worked for a company called Rallies, um, 
I still think there's some around, more so the checkers. I there's a checkers in Spring Lake, it's the same company. They just some of them are called Rally, some of them are called Checkers. And okay. uh, I can remember on the weekdays, I think we closed at one o'clock, and on the weekends we closed at three o'clock in the morning. So I'd get in two o'clock um, during the week and four o'clock or so in the morning. Um, when I lived at my mom's house, and when I moved to my father's for the last three, well, six months I lived in Ohio before I joined the military in the last couple of years, or a couple of months before I was out of school, I lived with my father. So the, it, I got home whenever, anyway. But uh, when he's come home, when I live with my mom, I my stepdad would be up, and he would, it's back, so you're talking 94, 5, and 6, six when the UFC was just mm-hmm. first coming out, and you know, I'd sit and talk to him for a couple of minutes, and you would watch two people, like, beat the living crap out of each other. Like, yeah. that's what that's that's what I would watch. Uh, yeah. Two guys just beat, just beat each other up. Now, I, I – it was a point, and it has still been probably almost 20 years at this point, um, probably mid-2000s that, you know, I had a DVR, I'd record UFC, and unfortunately, they're like, there's 6,000 UFC shows going on, so your DVR gets overrun with it, so I had to stop recording because it seemed like everything was UFC. Um, and they transitioned to this whole um, submission hold and tap outs, and so, you know, you didn't get to watch two people actually fight in Octagon. You, you basically watch two people within 30 seconds usually try to tap each other out. So I, I yes, over the years I have not kept up with as much. But Sean Strickland this last weekend, I, I know you've seen the headlines. Uh, yeah, with him being interviewed and <laughs> what's your what's your thoughts not only on Sean Strickland but also on Dana White and talking about I don't have my basically I don't have my employees on a leash. Like what's what's your thoughts on all that? You know, uh, USC is a little, little bit different. You know, the, it's, you know, as far as it, how it's ran outside the the NFLs, the NBAs, the uh, the hockey leagues, just because you're not know, dealing with so many players, so many players and coaches all at one time. So you got, mm-hmm. I think you got a little bit more control, and I think you have your own type of your own personality as far as uh, white being able to have his own personality on how UFC is ran and how it's shown and how, you know, how, how physical it is. And they definitely got, I think they got the, the, I want to say the wrestling, you know, entertainment part of it down packed, but, but it's interesting. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's good script. It's good entertainment. And uh, you definitely going to follow just because, how physical UFC is, and you know, you never know how much blood you're gonna see. You never know how fast somebody's gonna get knocked out. Are you? Ne- you're not gonna see. You're not gonna see that type of stuff in any other sport. You know, even outside of boxing, how you gonna see at the UFC? So that's what makes it different. And there's no other league or nothing else compared to the UFC as far as fighting wise. I find this whole. But it's interesting. Sean Strickland. Uh, Strickland thing, interesting. Um, yeah. Of course, those that didn't keep up, he ended up losing this last weekend on, the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess they call it split decision. Um, yeah. I guess they car they scored him winning the first two rounds, losing the uh, 
three and four and then losing, I guess, five as well. Um, yeah. And White didn't necessarily agree with the scoring, but obviously it was close enough that he's not going to do anything about it. I don't know if he could anyway. But anyway, um, yeah. I didn't actually watch the fight myself, so I, I don't know. Um, but I got the interview. Um, and then listen to Dana White talk as well, talking about, you know, I basically you're basically telling the court you asked these questions. You knew the response. You poked the bear. You knew what you was going to get. You decided I'd be like doing the same thing to Conor McGregor. Uh, you, you poked the bear. You're going to get the response. You got the response. You didn't yeah. like the response, but you got the response. Um, and then basically told them that. And from what I understand, I've watched a couple of different things. Um, I think Pat McCaffrey show or one of the other shows. Um, so it was a, li- a reliable source saying that there's been a time or two that someone has kind of crossed the line. I think one of them had to do with the deaths or something. And look, I'm not going to tell you, you can't say, but that was poor taste or classless or whatever. Um, so, oh. you know, he does have a line that he tries to somewhat keep, like, but he lets them have free reign and free speech. Yeah. Um, I know that um, Peloton did something. Oh, was upset because Trump was at, with him at one of the fights recently. And mm. Dana White said, you know what, that's fine get all the Pelotons out of here, and he's gone with somebody else. Um, I like that. I like that we have at least one owner, at least in one of these sports, that one has a pair of balls. Um, But two is not PC and forming to these agendas. Like to have somebody that – to this point of everything I've heard, I've never heard anything that's been like totally disrespectful. It's not like you know you're you're, you're saying inappropriate things about women or kids or you know like nothing that's you know like yeah, it's that's, just yeah, that, that's freedom yeah. of speech. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like he went on the ramp about the president of Canada and the shots and them taking their money and all this other stuff, you know stuff that you know and then get into the whole. Um, he doesn't want his son to be gay. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You believe yeah. what you believe. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I was raised in a church. I I believe that, yes, there was Adam and Eve that, you know, it's meant to be man mm-hmm. and woman. It's just what I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, I have gay friends. I talk to gay people. I don't care what you do because I live in sin, so I can't judge you for what you do, knowing that I do things that I'm not supposed to do. So yeah. You do what you want to. You do what you do. I'm going to do what I do. I'm not going to judge you. You judge what you want to judge. That is what that is. Um, uh, I, I I've never just not been afraid with somebody because of their sexual preference or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That is what that is. Like, if I led a holier than thou life and was walking straight, and mm-hmm. then yes, I could, I could be a certain way about you know certain things, but I don't, so yeah. I can't. Um, but of course, he went on, and he has his right to feel that you know that he wants his he wants. I, I think the bigger point of the whole thing was you know 
Don't you want grandchildren? Well, some people, that's why they reproduce. They want to have kids. They want to have grandchildren. They want their legacy to continue on, especially somebody like him or any athlete or really big star that has all this money. Like, why would you not want to leave this to your kids and grandkids and your legacy and be able to build this whole empire? I mean, a lot of them, that's what they do this for, is just to build their legacy, yeah. build their family, make sure their families take care of them and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think if, I think we have more owners like Dana White. I think we could remove a lot of BS and politics and stupid stuff out of sports that doesn't need to be there. When we started doing this back in 2011, and April 15th, we're right around the corner from 13 years. It's crazy. Uh, this once we got going, once I learned what I was actually I signed up for and what was even doing, and what I, a blog or a podcast even was when I got into this thirteen almost thirteen years ago, I had no idea what any of this was. I signed up for something mm-hmm. because I lost a job and was trying to make extra money, and <laughs> next thing I know, I'm doing a blog, which I wasn't actually doing a blog. Someone hit me up and I look, all you're doing is being a speed uh, a beat reporter. You need to put your opinions in it. That's a blog. Then someone was like, you know, I'm doing, uh, starting a podcast, uh, this podcast, that podcast. And I was like, what the hell is a podcast? I looked that stuff up. Um, yeah. So I didn't even know none of the stuff was. But once I once I learned it, you know, at one point in time, I was on, I had a show five days a week, three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I would get off the show and then I would join a chat room with people, other people that did shows and we'd be on there for another hour or two. There was days I'd fall asleep at the desk. And then the two days a week that I didn't do a show, either I stayed in the chat with everybody or I came on and helped them with their shows. But -hmm. it was great because it was my opportunity to get away from the world. That's what's great still to today is we got two hours on Wednesday nights. And this is one of the one of the reasons I love um, our Wednesday nights. As I get two hours, we get to pull all the politics, all the worldly things, two wars going on, conflict in the Red Sea, yeah. um, primary elections for the Republicans, get ready to have the general elections for both and Biden versus Trump, all these other things going on. We get to put all those to the side. Yep. We get to sit here mm-hmm. for two hours. We get to talk about sports. We, the, yep. the, right now, there is nothing. The world could be burning down unless our phones are blowing up and we can't hear each other because it's making those noises. We have no idea what's going on in the world. Um, and I want more of that back in my life. I don't want to have to sit there and worry about this political view or this PC correction, or this, uh, mainly the two that do is in the NBA and the NFL and how they handle different things. But I think we have more owners like Dana White. We would have more opportunity to just kind of get away from everything and not have to be worried about how we are funneled to what we are watching, what we're supposed to believe, see, and feel versus, you know what, Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. Like, it's freedom of speech. It's your life. Like, I'm not going to – I like that. Um, yeah, and yeah, so I, I'm glad yeah. – I'm, I'm glad he spoke up for his employees. 
Yeah, that is that is a good way. That is a, a great way of thinking about it. Just because you know, U, UFC, you know, is definitely a brand, and what I mean brand is kind of like you know the the same people who watch UFC. I wouldn't say they think like you, but you know, is they they think like you. And uh, NBA, NFL, NBA, NFL is a little bit different just because they got a lot more different variety of people that they're trying to hit. You get what I'm saying? They're trying to hit the, mm-hmm. the gay people. They're trying to hit the Muslims. They're trying to hit the black. They're trying to hit the white. They're trying to hit everybody just in general. So I think they have to, they have to, they have to move a little bit different than the way a white does just because of what he got going on. His crowd is his crowd, and that's the crowd that he's sticking to. If you want to join the crowd, then your beliefs or your opinions are going to get rattled a little bit, and you're going to have to think, I want to say think like him, but, you know, you, you know, there's just going to be a group of people to think the way that you do, you know, as far as politics, uh, just in general. You know, left versus right, Dana White versus the NBA, you know, it's kind of, it kind of feels the same way. But, uh it's, it's, it's good for his brand. I mean, it's good for his brand, and people do like it. And and the more, the more the world goes, and the more the more people think, you know, they kind of they kind of think that way too. I'm just on the borderline. I'm just I'm just like on the borderline. You know what I mean? I, I can I can chill with the Dana Whites, and I can chill with the NBA. You know what I mean? That's just the way I look at it. But everybody's opinion is a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I, I can I can agree. I mean, like I, said, I watch I feel, it all. I, I just feel, I, yeah, I understand, I understand I just, what you're saying. I, just, and I understand. I, this is my when it, when it comes to sports, and this is what it been for a long time. There's been different phases uh, mm. with the whole George Floyd thing. That was that phase uh, when um, Obama was in president. There was that phase. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's been is pretty calm. I can talk sports, phase the world out. Um, and that's a big part of why I love doing this is I get an opportunity to one, focus on one of the things I love in in life and that's sports. Like, you know, the wife in more than one occasion like this year in football talking about, you know, I used to think I liked football or loved football until I met you. <laughs> like, you think uh, it's a whole different level. Um, yeah. And I've I've always been that way. I tell people all the time when I was in elementary school, most kids either had to have their parents wake them up or if they were responsible enough, even back in elementary days, you're talking like fourth grade, fifth grade, mm-hmm. um, even if they were responsible enough to get themselves up without their parents waking them up, they had an alarm yeah. clock and it woke them up just in time to get ready and get out the door. Not me. Mm-hmm. Like, even back in fourth and fifth grade, I set my alarm clock like two hours early. And I would mm. go out and watch Sports sports Center all morning long. Um, yeah. And I know the same episode, I think it was like a 30-minute episode back then, and you'd watch the same one yeah. over and over, and they'd throw some more breaking news or headlines in here and there. But you pretty much watch the same thing over and over. And that's the way it was growing up. Like, it's always been my escape from all the – stupidity and everything else, but more so over the, you know, the last 13 years doing this, we get an opportunity, especially when I was doing it multiple days a week or all week long. And you just, you know, most of the day, I, I, 
in my office in my own world talking sports, so. Yeah. I, I told I feel you. I like, I like doing this. It's more, you know, this show's a little bit different. You know, you know, you brought up the recap earlier. You know, this show's a little mm-hmm. bit more different than, than the recap. You know, this is more of a, you know, sit, sit down and chill and let's, and let's talk about sports. You know what I mean? The, the recap is a little bit different, you know, but this feels kind of more of a friendly homeboy sit down, sit down at the table and let's talk sports type of show. You know, it's not, it's not more just driven what? on stats and, and what's moving and, and what's going to happen. Even when I have guests on our shows, I always tell them that it feels more of a like a conversation, not so much an interview, mm. but more yeah. of an interview, yeah. more yeah. of a conversation. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just sitting yeah. here talking yeah. about your life, or talking about a sport, mm. or talking about you know. And so, and that's the way it's always been. I I, I, I want to be able to sit here and chill, and and you know, there's been there's been shows that we've sat here and talked and. Why we've talked life stories and not got much into much sports, um, yeah. you know, whatever the wind happened to blow that day. So, mm. uh, I don't know. What you think? What you think about and be dropping a seventy the other night on the same on the same night that Kobe dropped eighty one a couple, you know, a couple years ago. What you think about MB? What you think about what's going down in uh, Philadelphia after Doc Rivers left? I think that's just an outlier. Um, yeah, okay. It's one yeah. of those things where I can see Kobe doing something similar to that on a more regular basis, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see that. That's like, didn't Luca score a high and ridiculous amount of points? Like, I don't know, I mm-hmm. just... Yeah, NBA is a little bit different now. Yeah, I, 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 I heard this saying many times: the sun shines on a dog's butt every once in a while, and yeah. you know you're, you're going to have your days where everything falls. We've had days mm-hmm. that the quarterbacks have had a basically a, they've had a perfect passer rating, but you know, basically a perfect game. Every once in a while, it's going to happen. But I. It's such a nice uh, the the basket looks and it feels like it's as big as a pool and everything falls in. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't take the seventy sixers serious. I, I don't think it's they, nothing yeah, against Embiid. Yeah. I don't think uh, physically because of his size and the physical demand of the sport, especially at his position, I don't think he can play at a high enough level the entire season in order for the 76ers to win a championship. I just don't think the physicality demanding staying healthy, not being worn down. That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of body. Like I know like since the beginning of the year, I have dropped 15 ish pounds and I know, Mm -hmm. and I'm nowhere near the size or weight he is. And I know what it was like to go up a pair of uh, flight of stairs. Uh, you know, my room is on the second floor. I know what it's like to do the trash. I know what it was like to do these things 15 pounds heavier and just losing the 15 pounds, how much has made a difference. I couldn't imagine running up and down the court for 40-something minutes a game or trying to run up and down the court for 40-something minutes a game being as tall and the weight. And it's got to be awkward. I'm not going to say awkward, but 
couldn't imagine being that tall, my legs being as long because of being that tall and having to run them down the court. Like, that's got to be a lot of physical – that's got to be demanding. And so I, I can't see the Sixers being a serious threat because I don't think in B, you're going to have your one-offs like that in the 70-point game. But you're not going to have that consistently because physically I don't think he can do it. And it's not a shot against him. I don't think any – no no big men consistently. Closest one is Giannis, which I don't think he consistently has that high of scoring game. But he's also a lot better shape. Um, yeah. One, okay. physically he keeps himself in better shape. But two, he's shaped a little bit more where I think the cardio is a little bit easier on his body versus what it would be on him beat. Um, but you have this, like Shaq. I mean, that had to be hard on Shaq running down that court all the damn time. Um, Yao Ming, that's another one that physically, like, you know, that had to be rough. And, and you know, you only expect so much. Now, you have Akeem Olajuwon, which, and David Robinson, and, you know, was, you know, they were physically a little bit better positioned. It was easier to go down the court. I think Tim Duncan. I don't think he scored as high as points because I think physically it wasn't as easy for him. Out of the certain players I look at, and it's just like, all right, you had your one off. I, I don't know. I just can't see you carrying this team because I don't think physically. Unfortunately for you, like that'd be like me trying to go play basketball now, three hundred pounds and ain't ran and God knows how long. Like physically, I'm I'm, I'm gonna die on the court. Like mm-hmm. it's not a shot at me. It just I, you know. I can hit every shot in the world. Not that I'm saying it would, but I'm saying I go play basketball my whole life. But if I'm shaped like this, I'm, I'm physically, I'm not going to be able to do this. Now, you have athletes out there that are in just phenomenal shape. LeBron, J.J. Redick, a lot of people don't give credit for the shape that J.J. Redick kept him shape. And he was a phys- uh, physically a, a great, great shape. Um, there's a lot of players out there, just the ones that hadn't popped my head. Um, and there's others that, I'm not going to say they're out of shape. They weren't like, um, what's the fat dude that played on the Celtics? I think they called him baby something. Um, God, what was his name? Davis. Glenn. What was his name? Davis. Big Glenn Davis. Davis yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, then you got people like him that physically, there's no way. <laughs> so, um, you know, to each his own, I guess. That's, that's like watching baseball. I mean, I can remember the days when you had like um, heavy players like Kirby Puckett out there, then you, know, you, then you got, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take what, it. What's your you thoughts know, on it? It was, as far as the, overall him scoring the game, you know, I, I would definitely lean, uh, it was it was a good performance just because, you know, he didn't take, he didn't take his only first, first three was taken in the third quarter, you know, so a lot of his buckets were, you know, in the paint from the line. But uh, uh, overall, that's, that's, that was going to be my next question: is how many, how many was from the free throw line? Do you know? Uh, I'm not too for sure. I'm pretty sure he shot, he shot over 15 free throws. You know what I mean? So, sure. uh, <laughs> so yeah. What's I, your thoughts on that? When, on that when, well, we hear players that have phenomenal games, but then you find out that they managed to find their way to the line 20, 25 times. What's your thoughts? I like. Do yeah. you? Discredit their score. Say, say, no. Say LeBron for argument's sake scored mm-hmm. fifty points tomorrow night, but you find out that 
they went to the line because you know he knows how to debate those reps. Say 25, 23 of those points. He goes 23 for 25. So 23 of his 50 points are from the line. Do you discredit any of that? Or, or is it what it is? He just got it the way he got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it all it all depends how how the game was called and how you look at it, but you know if the person got the foul, I mean I got to go to the line. Some people can't even hit free throws, you know what I mean. But I just happen to make mine. That's still a plus on me and a minus on you, you know what I mean. For one, uh, you got to foul me to put me on the line, and then for two, I hit more free throws than what you do, even if you had the same opportunity of number of free throws, you know. So it, it's just. You still got to practice free throws just like you practice a three-point shot. You know what I mean? So that that which, right there is still your point. But go ahead. Which brings Rich brings me into a, the next thing I was wanting to bring up. So I'm glad you walked into that. Uh, uh-huh. Free throws. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. Like the most ridiculous, astronomically ignorant thing in the world that we mm. pay basketball players millions on top of million player. Million, I'm sorry, millions on top of millions of dollars. And they're not even hitting at least, at a minimum, 80% of the free throw shots. Like, I have a serious yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80, 80%, I, I, it's, all it's, I'm asking. Like, yeah. it's a wide-open shot, the same spot uh, every time. Like, there is no uh, reason you can't at least hit 80% of your shot. You get paid millions of dollars. It's a wide-open shot. Yeah, it, it, not a free throw or not, not a, a three pointer, not from the corner, yeah. from straight it's from a lot, it, same it's, spot every time. It's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, sometimes it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure shooting a free throw. You know, you still got you still got crowd involved. You still got noise involved. You still got people online talking junk. You still got you know. So you still got you still got to be it's focused. It's a wide on open thing. shot. Yeah, it's still yeah, it's a, a wide open, open shot. <laughs> It's a wide, it's you a paid wide millions of dollars. <laughs> that drives me nuts. Like you mm-hmm. get paid millions of dollars. I turn, I watch you turn around, break someone's ankle, step back, bust a three, but then you miss the next two free throws from the line. It's a wide open shot. Like how's that? Yeah. It's like no. Like it's yeah. a wide open shot, same place every time. It's not nothing changes about mm-hmm. it. Like I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always drove me nuts. I'll tell you. I'm glad they finally fixed that uh, kicking the leg out garbage. That juice is also dry. Two things oh, they yeah, drive me nuts. Yeah, One of them is yeah. they, they still get to do. One is when they kick the leg out when they're kicking a three-pointer. Like, I'm glad they fixed that uh-huh. and you can't intentionally try it. So the other part that drives me nuts is the def- the, the defensive block calls. Um, uh-huh. Actually, it would be the char- actually the charging call. If so yeah. and so so say LeBron's headed to the the uh, um, to the rim, and let's say Giannis just had an argument, sake name we're talking about, slides as long as he stays outside the circle, slides in front mm-hmm. of him, doesn't have to be a defensive move, and and plants his feet before LeBron gets there. That is a charge. I think that is so stupid. It is one thing if you're standing and you got your arms up and you're trying to do something defensively. But 99% of the time, they slide in front of them, put their arms across in front of them, and take the hit. You got in my way. Like, I was already in a path mm-hmm. to the rim. Like, how am I being yeah. caught for this when he just slide over, not trying to make a play, just getting in the way? That 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 call drives me nuts. That should be, to me, a defensive block. You got in the way. I was already that way. You're not even making a defensive move. 
It can get tricky at times, especially with the outside circle and if I'm in the air, my feet are planted. Yeah, that call, that yeah, call, that, that, call. that call in the game. Yeah, yeah. I said, it'd be one thing if you were making a defensive move, hands up, jump straight mm-hmm. up, something. The stud you yeah. intentionally got in the way at the last second. And because you happened to get your feet planted right before I got there, now I'm getting a charge because you just moved. That was it. Not trying to make a play, not trying none. Like, I, that, I hate that play. Or I hate that call. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Um, we got any other topics? No, not right about Jim Harbaugh. Um, we ain't been on since these two things happened either. Nick Saban retiring. Um, kind of oh, yeah. surprised. Yeah. I don't think it, anybody expected that to happen, and all of a sudden he's retired. Um, oh. And Bill Belichick, no longer the coach of the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, that was that. That was kind of more expected. That's been rumored all season long. Um, so both uh, that, NFL and NCAA college football greats no longer um, coaching. I think Bill Belichick mm-hmm. possibly. I don't know what his plans are. Fall into another coaching role somewhere. It'd be weird if he does. Um, I think Nick Saban is done. Um, your thoughts on uh, both of those quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, coaches no longer being coaches, or at least for the teams they were. Yeah, yeah it's, it, you know, as far as we want to start for Alabama, it was always, you know, it's always good to see what Alabama did, you know, in his lifetime, but especially in mine. So it's always something that you can sit there and say, you know, I think I saw the greatest coach ever as far as college football, you know, doing what he was doing, you know, going from, Michigan State to Miami, back to Alabama, and staying there and and doing great things. You know what I mean. So it was good to see him win championships. Uh, he did change college football, you know, in his own little way. As far as uh, Alabama players going first round picks and all the things that he's done, because you look at Alabama when Nick Saban was there, you, you felt like you were looking at an NFL team, a NFL team. You know, offense and defensive wise. You know, they didn't. They didn't do the little trickery stuff that most college most colleges do. Uh, the whole time he was at Alabama, but as far as uh, Bill Belichick, you know, Bill Belichick's a little bit different than the way I look at uh, Nick Saban, just because of the quarterback he did he did draft Tom Brady, but the quarterback he he had and the championships he's won with the team that that Tom Brady was on then then telling the owner that uh, he can't play anymore, then Tom Brady winning championships, and Bill Belichick really hasn't done anything since then. You know, you can you can blame it that he didn't have a quarterback, but his situation is a little bit different. Is he the greatest coach in the NFL of all time like Nick Saban is? I think in college, I, w- I, I would say no. Uh, did he get lucky by drafting Tom Brady out of Michigan? You know, had a good pick and a good spot and the good situations happened of uh, Drew Bledsoe getting hurt and Tom Brady doing his thing ever since. I think I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they go hand in hand, and Tom Brady got the upper hand just because he won a championship in, uh, in Tampa Bay. 
So his situation is a little bit different. He is a great coach, and uh, he did great things for the NFL, but his impact is not like Nick Saban's impact in college football, but he had a great career as a coach. I think he is coming back to coach. He's had a second interview with the Falcons, so obviously he's interested in coaching. Maybe he could come in, rebuild rebuild Atlanta, and uh, draft a good quarterback and see what he can do because he don't got too much time left. I know he's in his early 70s, so I'm pretty sure he's going to want to sit down pretty soon. But, you know, maybe he can build he can build the Falcons like he built the Patriots, as he thinks. So, congratulations. But he, he don't got the same type of impact on uh, Nick Saban to me as far as a great coach. It was funny. This kind of goes back to my, my points earlier. There's a post. I just saw it. Uh, about who the shooter McGavin um, Twitter is. I know who shooter McGavin in the movie um, Captain Gilmore is, but obviously I don't know who that is. But it says NCAA looking for Jim Harbaugh to suspend him for next season, and there's a big hole like he escaped out of it, and it looks like a prison guard, and it's got a uh, Freeman. So it must have been uh, from Shawshank Redemption where he dug out and yeah. left. Um, so I thought that was uh-huh. funny. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, um, I question some things when it comes to Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. used to think that Tom Brady in the Bill Belichick system was, you know, Bill Belichick made the system. Tom Brady just played it to a to a T. I'm starting yeah. to rethink that thing because Tampa Bay goes on. Yeah. With Super, or, um, Tom Brady goes on to Tampa Bay with the Super Bowl. Patriots have sucked since. Um, Nick Saban, I hate <laughs> Alabama, so I have never liked yeah. Nick Saban. Uh, but my biggest takeaway from both of them is the fact that the 95 season, Bill Belichick was our head coach. Nick Saban was on our coaching staff yeah. amongst many other greats. The Browns yep. were projected to go to the Super Bowl. We started off the season 3-1 and one until Art Modell, and this is why I hate the Baltimore Ravens so bad, decided to tell us we were going to Baltimore. Things fell apart, and that was the end of the season. Um, mm. And so we had a good team, and we had the legends as our coaching staff at that particular year. Who knows where it would have went to. But uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely going to be weird not having um, conversations about Nick Saban or potentially uh, Bill Belichick, 77 years old. It's about time just to enjoy what life you got left. Like, I, uh, yeah. I don't know why he would want to – the money he's made, like, there's no point to work ever again. Like, why not enjoy the last handful – I don't know how long he's going to live. He's not the most healthiest person in the world, but I'm sure that, you know, he's probably got a still good little chunk of life to live. He might as well enjoy it. You've dedicated your life, your entire life to football. So, um, anyway – Let's go ahead and get things wrapped up. I'm going to let you wrap up your end first. Let them know where they can find you, like you, um, Carolina Sports Plus, anything you got going on. Okay. You can uh, like us on Carolina Sports Plus on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. Uh, you can you can buy merchandise. You know, we always got good things going on at carolinasportsplus.com. Uh, festival season is starting back up. If you're around this area, we'll be at uh, Rumba at the Lumber at in Lumberton 
that's the first event we're going to bring the mobile store out to. You know, that's been a process, and it's coming along. It should be done by then. Uh, if you're in the Tar Hill area, we're going to be doing media at the UNC Virginia Tech at the Dean Smith Center on February 17th. So if you're out there, you know, you see us, you know, chit-chat. But uh, overall, it was great to be it was great to be here on this Wednesday night. Definitely glad to be back in the studio. I'm looking forward to doing this again next week. Glad to have Race Chat Live back. Um, they kick off their season debut next Tuesday, 8.30. Make sure you guys check them out. Um, make sure you guys follow or like us on Facebook as soon as I get everything confirmed. we got some big news um, here at the Once in Nation, so looking to uh, share that. We'll be uh, back on doing videos as everybody's coming back. Um, so we'll have videos out um, and clips from each of the shows. Make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram. The one underscore one ten underscore nation, or like us, or follow us on Twitter at the one ten nation, um, or check out the site www.the110nationsportsradionetwork.com for all our shows, blogs, schedules, marketing partners, and uh, links to all the platforms that you can catch the show. If it be Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, uh, Amazon. Um, Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, you name it, we are there. Um, there are just tabs already there set up for you to make life easier for you. Uh, looking towards hopefully making it to Carolina at the beginning of April, um, pending my bonus at the end of March. Um, as a matter of fact, I spent two hours on the phone with my daughter before the show. Um, so hopefully everything pans out. So uh, looking forward to being that way. Hopefully we got some festivals and some stuff I can come check out while I'm in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, definitely coming that way for spring. Looking to forward to coming that way spring break. We'll see if everything pans out. But uh, I think that's everything for tonight. Um, like I said, um, next Tuesday night, 830, 110 Nation Sports Radio Network from Race Chat Live with Chris, Taz, um uh, Chris Chaz, and I think Craig might be on there. Uh, Miss Lee had to take a behind-the-scenes role as her new job schedule. It's not going to let her be uh, uh active participant on a weekly basis. I don't know um, how often she's going to be on, um, but make sure you guys check them out. I think Jared's going to help out. I think I'll be on a few shows as well. Um, and then, of course, we will be back in the studio next Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network in the Carolina Sports Plus studio. You guys have a great night. Until next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.